Welcome to It's a Nice Place to Brew with Jason and George, a show about all things beer and beer making. Gentlemen, please broadcast responsibly. Welcome to A Nice Place to Brew. I'm Jason. And I'm George. And we are here today to talk about the best parts of home brewing. Yeah, I still say you're asking me to pick my favorite child, but yeah, okay, we'll, we'll we'll give this a shot. You know what? In in line with that, when I was putting my list together, I found myself singing that song from A Sound of Music, My Favorite Things. I'm like, oh, and, and it was, and I was fighting back the urge to open the show with singing that, which I think we would lose our entire listener base if we did that. I have my own personal distaste for the sound of music, but yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it's, at, you, it's probably a better option that you didn't. At yeah. best, it's overrated. At best. Oh, at best. Yeah. <laughs> Certainly not a Christmas movie. I don't oh, know where oh they my came God. up that. Where did that come from? It doesn't take place during Christmas, does it? I don't know, but it's always on at Christmas time, oh. right? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So it's like that and Wizard of Oz somehow became like honorary Christmas movies. <laughs> Just turn on Die Hard and call it a day. Right? Yes. Yeah, or Grinch or, you know, something <laughs> that actually, like, is Christmas, man. <laughs> yeah. What you drinking, George? I am drinking that Saison we talked about last time. I did uh, end up throwing some USO5 in it and drove it down about another three points to somewhere around 10.07. Okay. 1008, 1007. So, the so US, yeah, it's right about. So the USO5 5 helped. Yeah, it took, you know, a couple days. And, you know, usually when you pitch yeast, you'll see a lot of activity. But I was only asking it to go from 10 and 12 to as low as it could. So I saw, you know, just a little, you know, a few bubbles here and there. But after I tested it, you know, with the hydrometer, it was able to knock a few more points off. So. That's good. It's not quite as carbonated as I want it to be yet, but it's working on it. How many days has it had to carbonate so far? I put it in on Sunday, so it's a little early yet. Sunday, yeah, yeah. It'll it'll take shape. Yeah. yeah, it will for sure. Yeah, and it's it's not flat by any means, but it's just not super carbonated at the moment. Nice, good deal. I'm about to partake in a beer that I've never had before. And uh, I'm not going to make this a full other brew reviewed. I will try to keep this abbreviated. But I will give a plug to this brewery because it's a beer that's made here in here in Darien, Illinois, where we record the show. Oh, my. Yes. Um, there is a very sought-after IPA in the western suburbs, uh, un- and it uh, sells under the name Hot Butcher for the World. And I have a can of uh, of one of their beers here in front of me. This is called Unwind Your Mind. And mm. um, Hot Butcher, as the name indicates, is all about the hops. And every one of their beers has, you know, a unique variety of, of hops that, that make, uh, that, that, you know, with the overall makeup. So this one in particular is a double IPA with mosaic... Oh boy, Matweka and Elder and Eldorado hopped. Okay, seven and a half percent ABV, and what's the IBU on this? Untapped does not have an IBU estimate, but okay, with a name like Hot Butcher for the World, 
go figure. You think it? Yeah, you think it's going to be a little uh, high. Ex- yeah, exactly. Hot Butcher for the World is made at Miskatonic Brewing Company here in Darien. Oh, Miskatonic. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I thought maybe you were going to partake in that snow globe that I sent you. Uh, Hannah brought it out. Yes, you're right. Well, I that's guess, okay. I guess. Sorry, right. I, I heard you I, already opened it. It's cool. Uh, no, uh, I, I guess this is going to be a two beer podcast. Oh, or that, or that. Yeah. But if it doesn't get to there, we've got plenty more that we're doing this month, and it'll keep. You're so. right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh man, we'll see. We'll we'll see how th- how this goes. If I if I enjoy okay. this and I slug down this can, this can totally be a two beer podcast. Okay. Which, All right. Fair that, enough. Which now that I think about it, I don't think we've had one of those in quite some time. Nah, not not in some time. Yeah. yeah. I feel like these yeah. more these more conversational shows are more fitting for that too. It's true. Yeah, a little less structured conversation, kick back a few drinks, you know, it's a thing. It is. All right, so here's the first sip. This um this pours a lot like a um uh New England IPA. It's Okay, it's so it's got, like hazy. It's got some haze to it, yeah. It looks a little bit more like orange juice than it does beer, hence, and that's a common characteristic of the New Englands as well. Okay. Uh, this. Oh, I didn't mention this. This was gifted to me by my boss. By your boss? Uh-huh. Okay. I walked in Monday morning, and he had he had two cans from Hot Butcher waiting for me. I'm like, thanks, man. <laughs> I must be doing something right here. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I got a great boss. Cheers, sir. <laughs> so impressions um looks like a new england ipa tastes like a double ipa and oh so it's is it, is it hot uh it's not real hot it's seven and a half and it and you can definitely taste the alcohol in it um the hops are very strong okay as i kind of expected so yeah the, the hops definitely make you remember that you're drinking a double IPA. Okay. And, and you yeah, know what? Yeah. That combination kind of works for me because I do like New England IPAs to an extent. I like double IPAs to an extent as well. You're, you're getting pieces of both worlds drinking this. So I'll give this a good review. This is, getting, right. this is getting rated highly on uh, on Untapped as well. It's got an average, um, average rating of 4.25. Out of well, 5 is doing pretty good. Yeah, no, that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. So there you All go. Right. Hot Butcher there for the World. Go. I guess that was a f- full other brew reviewed, so. Yeah, works. Have that. I've got have Hot Butcher. I, yeah, I just have my uh, uh, my Saison with ginger, orange peel, sweet orange peel, and black pepper. Nice. Nice. Yeah. So. So we're here to talk about our favorite things. We are. And before we start. And we're negligent in saying this, but if this is your first time joining us in, in the podcast, welcome. Yeah, you know, we we appreciate all new uh, listeners. If the, if you just stumbled across us, and if you are new or if you are uh, returning uh, and you haven't done this yet, um, please make sure that you hit the subscribe 
uh, in the in whatever podcasting format you're you're listening to us on, be that Google or Stitcher or iTunes, uh, so you can make sure that as new episodes come out. Uh, which is usually about a monthly schedule, although this month we're doing a little bit more and experimenting and seeing how that works. Um, but, you know, as those new episodes come out, you can receive notifications and you can keep up to date with us. And we can kind of, we're hoping to turn this into a more of an interactive affair with our audience, get, getting feedback, doing polls and things like that. So uh, please remember to subscribe and we can, uh, so we can stay in touch. Absolutely. And reviews really help the show as well, especially if you're on iTunes. iTunes is still the, the go-to place for podcasts for for many, many people, if not, you know, if not a majority. And mm-hmm. a review on iTunes would really help the show. We'd really appreciate it. So, But very well said, George. Thanks for bringing that up. No problem. Yeah, we, we forget to say that sometimes. We get so excited and talking about what we're going to talk about we and bringing do, we you guys do. a good show. We you know? do, exactly. And this this can's yeah. been sitting in front of me just like calling my name for the last few minutes, too. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> uh, a couple more housekeeping things before we go into the topic. Uh, we have a Facebook page at Nice Place to Brew and an Instagram page at A Nice Place to Brew. And we have a website as well, www.aniceplacetobrew.com. As I mentioned at the end of last show, George Moonlights as a web designer, and he's mm. built a very impressive website, which I understand is about to get a bit of a makeover. Is that correct, it's, sir? Yeah, it's working on a makeover. I do have all the uh, shows updated on there. I did hit a bit of a technical snag with getting all of the SoundCloud uh, instances up there if you wanted to list, listen to it in an embedded format on there. Um you know, we do have a link to directly to our SoundCloud station, so you can listen to us on there in the meantime. Uh, but yeah, I'm looking to update the website. I want to do. I want to. Uh, I'm going to put it in a section for us to be able to do articles and and musings and ideas of you know how we can pass on some of the things that we've learned about home brewing in a more uh, written or, or visual format, you know, with pictures and that kind of thing. So you guys can uh, not just listen to us, but, you know, be able to follow along with some how-to guides and articles and things like that. So, yeah, that's still forthcoming um, and in development at the moment. Excellent. Excellent. A couple last-minute uh, housekeeping items. Uh, first, uh, I shouldn't say first, I've got two pieces of Joliet Brewers Guild news. First and foremost, um, yet another startup brewery is uh, on the cusp of opening from our Joliet Brewers Guild membership. Our friends over at Mad Hatchet Brewing Company will will have their opening day on Saturday, April 20th at their their location in Shorewood, Illinois. Take a look at social media um, for times. And there's going to be a bunch of us out there uh, that day, April 20th, for their opening. This has been a very, very, very long time coming. And hats off to these guys. They're they're going to do really well. Uh, all right. Second of all is I'd like to offer a piece of congratulations to the new executive board who will be sworn in at next month's Joliet Brewers Guild meeting. Um, for the first time in two years, I will not be a Joliet Brewers Guild board member. I'm back to being a civilian. Um, quite grateful for my for my time being able to um, partake in or uh, 
in organizing some events and being a being a piece of uh, piece of the background that put a lot of things together. And it's it was really great for me, and I'm very glad to see uh, see a lot of new blood come to the executive team. I th- I think it's a very bright future for the guild and great days ahead. I think nice. that's everything. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. So again, the topic. 13, min- 13 minutes in, and now we're just getting the topic. It's we're fine. Getting Don't worry about we're it. It's okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Here's what I've got. Okay. On the topic of best things about homebrewing, I have a list of five things that really have no particular order, but I'm going to save my number one for last. How, how did you organize yours, George? I I really organized in mine into into thoughts. I don't have I'm not as organized as you are apparently in this. I don't have a list. I just have some thoughts. But I'm I'm curious. So like since you are a bit more organized, I'm sure some of mine will link up with some of yours. So what do you got? I have oh I have no doubt that we're going to have a lot of common ground here. Because there's a couple of things that stand out. I think for anybody who homebrews, and I think throughout this conversation, I think those will come out. Here's my first one, and since we were just talking about the Joliet Brewers Guild, I feel like it's a, it's appropriate to bring this one out. The first one I had on my list is participating in brew clubs. Oh, yeah. I, I feel like that in itself is an excellent perk of being a home brewer. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, one of the biggest problems that we have as, you know adults really is finding people that have common interest and are are good people to hang out with and you know with this we get to do our hobby hang out with people that are like-minded and that are willing to give us constructive feedback and how we can improve what we're doing right what you know and and all that other stuff and homebrew clubs if you're doing any at at homebrew at any level even you know kits all the way up to all grain to experimental gluten-free stuff um find a homebrew club i i absolutely agree with that that is a great part of the homebrew experience now you and i have experience with two different homebrew clubs here in the chicagoland area the joliet brewers mm-hmm. guild obviously being the first one the downers grove main street homebrewers club being the other mm-hmm. you of course have uh joined a new homebrew club in your new home in virginia and I think it's worth mentioning that every homebrew club is is going to have its own flavor, different structure, different politics in certain instances, as we've talked about before. Um, let's just take a minute and illustrate just how the groups that we have been a part of have been different and what what were the best parts of, of each of those. Because I think I think separately... And together, they there's a there's a lot of really great things that can come from being a part of a homebrew club. So, I'll, and I'll, yep, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And I'll go ahead and get started. And and on the top of the Joliet Brewers Guild is the ideal place to start. Joliet Brewers Guild is a uh, is an AHA certified homebrew club with an active membership of more than sixty people. At a given monthly meeting, we'll have no less than. 20 no less than 15 no more than 30 members at each uh, at each monthly meeting at special events we can have much more than that um, the Joliet Brewers Guild has given us a platform to uh, participate in 
competitions just among the the guild in specific styles that we wouldn't normally brew um, has given us a group of fellow home brewers that can give feedback at any given point about a project of ours um, offer assistance whenever a problem arises um, I'm reminded George of an early uh, brew day that you and I had where we made a Belgian triple and magically forgot to add sugar. Yeah, yes. Who did we call? One of our friends from the Joliet Brewers Guild, Metal Monkey Dan. Somehow Ghostbusters was not helpful. (laughs) 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 No, we did. You're right. And and we were able to... Plus, you know, I mean, the atmosphere at at the average Joliet... um, homebrew club meeting is one part structure to two parts chaos and it's very <laughs> i mean it's just a fun atmosphere to to be able to to share your craft and with other people you know yeah absolutely let's talk about before we talk about main street do you want to uh, talk about the club that you're now a part of Sure. So the one I'm part of is also an AHA uh, recognized club. It's called the Culpeper Brewing Society, uh, or CBS for short. And uh, we are usually, I think we have an active roster of about 12 members. And at any given time, I'll have like six to eight at a meeting. Um, And we, you know, we get together and we uh, try each other's beer and, uh, and basically go do a round table. Um, and it's not quite as chaotic as the Joliet Guild. And we're really, you know, it's a, it's a young group. It's only about a year old and we're in development into kind of what we want to do. We're just now starting the idea of um, not necessarily competitions, but theme brewing. Uh, we just did one where we kind of picked out of a hat of unconventional or un um common uncommon styles that's where your brute came from that is where is that where my brute came from or was that the that was a it was a similar story at least yeah no i'm sorry yes that's that's exactly where my brute came from okay okay was that yes and uh and, and yeah, and so we did, you know, some unconventional styles and people were, were outside of the box on that. And so we're, we're going to uh, try to do other things like that. And we've gone to a couple of the uh, local AHA meetups like we did one at, uh, what was that, Stone Brewing down in Richmond. And uh, they, that was a that was a competition and tasting and tour and things. And so it's a, it's, it's, it's a good, uh, good experience. And one that I think, like I said, is still, we're still in development as to kind of what we want to be moving forward. And you've met good people there. You've met people that have had good knowledge of home brewing and you're a better home brewer, brewer because of it. I have no doubt. Absolutely. I mean, I live in a town that is literally 3,000 3, people. So being able to <laughs> find people that are, you know, have similar interests and, and, are, and are good people is, is, you know, you need some way of doing that. And Homebrew Club has, you know, facilitated that for me. And, you know, I met some really great people and I've, I've learned some uh, new tricks that I have implemented in my brewing. That's awesome. 
Well said. Mm-hmm. And Downers Grove, Main Street Home Brewers. Um, mm-hmm. Similar to what you just described about your Virginia group. Uh, monthly meetups, small get-togethers, usually between six and ten home brewers. Everybody's got a sample of something, and it's roundtable structure, uh, immediate feedback available from everybody. The good part about the uh, Main Street homebrewers is the immediate feedback, and the brewers there are very experienced, and the feedback that I've gotten from them has been really valuable. And I've made a lot of modifications to the things I do based on the feedback that they've given me. Um, as a matter of fact, this uh, just two weeks ago, I started an Oktoberfest with our uh, fellow fellow Main Street home brewer, Tony. And uh, actually, that same beer is doing its diacetyl rest right now as we speak. Oh, so, nice. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, so, yeah, I, I guess to, uh, to bring closure to this, this point, um, there is so much to take away from being part of a home brew club and... I certainly would not be able to present competition-worthy beers if it were not for the the organizations that I've been a part of, both Main Street Homebrewers and the JBG. Yeah, no, I, I'd agree with that. Yeah, the the experience and knowledge that we've gained from from those clubs has been invaluable. Yeah, absolutely. So, what's your next thought, sir? So, um, you know, honestly, I'm a tinkerer, you know, in that I like to play with things. I like to figure out how things work. Uh, you know, as a, as a kid, my parents would give me, a, you know, an RC car and get pissed off because, you know, in a couple of days I'd have it up in, in pieces <laughs> on the floor. And that for me has been a big part of my home brewing experience as well is, um, figuring out different techniques, different ways of putting things together. Like I built myself a kegerator out of a, a, out of a chest freezer. I've been playing around with Arduino to figure out how to automate, you know, my home brewing a little bit, uh, got a brew pump and some quick disconnect, uh, things to be able to do that. Like just being able to take the, the brewing and, and, add those pieces to it that's been one of my one of my favorite things as we as we go forward with uh with my with the homebrew experience see we've got crossover already because on my list is science of it all and experimenting yeah yeah i mean that's yeah you got to have a healthy uh what's the word i'm looking for um appetite for experimentation if you're going to do homebrew. See, I come from a different uh, school of thought on that. You are naturally a tinkerer. I am not. And I feel like as a homebrewer, it's brought that out of me out of necessity because you're right. You have to have a propensity and a willingness to tinker with things, modify things, um, build processes, break processes as part of just natural evolution of home brewing and becoming a better home brewer. And I feel like home brewing just being an area of focus for me for as many years as it has 
has given me a platform not only to improve my brewing, but has given me a mindset to to improve other things as well outside of home brewing. Yeah, it's probably like honestly up to your your well, I know because and I say this for you because it definitely has for me. It's up to my ability for like troubleshooting and creativity and things like that hundred because it kind of puts you in that mindset yeah Yeah. i've fixed things around my house that i never would have been able to just without a similar thing that i had to fix on my homebrew setup Mm -hmm. um i do feel like homebrewing to an extent appeals to people with an engineer's brain and i think you know i think you understand what i what i mean when i say that Mm-hmm. There's yeah, a I natural did. propensity. To, people that naturally build and improve things, that's that's kind of somebody who's an engineer by nature. I'm an accountant by nature. That you know, the engineering just doesn't register with me, but I it's it's widened my scope in that area to a huge degree and never would have happened if it wasn't for this platform of home brewing that I now have. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a it's it's an element that you wouldn't think of when you first think about how am I going to make some beer, you know? But it you know, once you really get into it and you start doing you start trying different things, it comes out real quick, you know, cuz you run into problems and you got to oh, fix them. Oh yeah. You know. Temperature's off. Gravity's off. Your fermenter, your no, I'm sorry, your mash tun spontaneously decides <laughs> to break right before yeah. you're starting to break. Right, right. Stuck yeah. sparge. Yeah. Um, list goes on. List goes on. Yeah. yeah. So, what about you? That's uh, that's that's one of mine. All right. Um, competing. Next mm, point. Okay. Sure. So, I was mentioning earlier about producing competition grade beer george and i had a rough introduction to competitions mostly because it took several before we understood the rigid framework of the bjcp styles that must be adhered to in order to get any kind of meaningful presentable score you george you remember those first ones quite well Oh, I do. I remember the big thing we learned was um, it doesn't matter what you intended to make. It matters what you made when you're submitting for a competition. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think competing is a blast. And it's great that the BJCP has such a wide um, number of categories to choose from and identify either prior to making uh, a certain beer or just discovering that you accidentally made one (laughs) certain style after a brew day. That that happens to people as well. Um, But I I view those competitions as, as kind of a milestone of where you're at in your overall quality as a home brewer. And I've, I have not missed a big competition since we began competing, and I've seen, I've been able to see my my game steadily improve over time, and my scores have reflected that. Um, you know, I've only got one uh, award to my name, um, 
but it's not all about that. It, it's about it's about improvement, and it's about being in an environment where you can get that kind of feedback to make your best product possible. So I'm going to offer a bit of a dissenting opinion here. I am not a fan of competitions. Oh, controversial. Yeah, well, and see, it, it depends <laughs> on how you define competition too. Like if we're talking about a homebrew club setting where it's make your best IPA and everyone does that in, and you, you know, it's a friendly competition that way. I am, I'm down, you know, let's do it, you know, kind of thing. If you're talking about like BJCP and those kinds of competitions, I'm not as down with that because when, in my opinion, Beer drinking is a very subjective thing. And the B- BJCP tries to put objective marks on a subjective thing. And I understand that at so- on some level you can do that. But I have looked at remarks and scores on multiple different sheets and they don't match. Um, like your last one that you sent me, you had... You know, ninety percent. You had like forty out of fifty remarks, and you got a thirty out of fifty. You know, which is still a respectable score, but it's not. You know, it's not what I would have expected. So the way I see it, I kind of try to gear. I gauge my success and try to gear uh, that on what would a average beer drinker think of this beer. Not necessarily what a judge thinks it conforms to an arbitrary style. Does that make make sense? It does. I guess I guess the counter argument would be that there is a degree of value that comes with getting the feedback of somebody who's got a very fine tuned taste palette. And, and that's we fair. both we both have been around long enough to know just how rigorous that BJCP certification program is. I mean they. They go through a whole world of stuff within, I think, a two-year uh, time span is start to, start to completion, if I understand correctly. Um, I hear what you're saying, and you're you're correct on several 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 levels. Um, is is the structure of the judging's perfect? Absolutely not. Is there is there a realm of personal taste that goes into those scores a hundred percent it's completely impossible to eliminate that entirely i think the and i think the structure though does an adequate job of keeping that in check i'm just not sure that you could reasonably do that better than what the framework is that they have right now agreed and 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 i don't think that you could i just think you know i I mean i and i've seen some judges that are phenomenal at what they do they're able to put their own subjective opinion about what a good ipa is aside and everything you know that kind of thing but i've seen far too many judges that look at it and just didn't like the beer, even if it was did conform to style and still mark it subjectively lower than it should be. You know, because if you're going to do something like that and it's going to be that analytical to say, is what is this compared to style? I don't care if you don't like the beer. 
does it conform to the style? And that's what I think not enough judges keep in mind when they're when they're doing those um, when they're when they're doing the judging. I've definitely had that experience that you're describing from club competitions because they're less structured than the formal BJCP judgings where the where it's taking place with certified judges. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's important to separate those two those two events. Yeah, Be- well, because that's true. because I mean, getting hammered in your scores from a BJCP judge. And getting hammered in your scores from a fellow home brewer should be seen in two very different lights. That's very true. Yeah, no, that's very true. Yeah, yeah, and I'm, I'm glad you brought that. I mean, there because I hear what you're saying, and, and again, on on many many levels, you're right. Um, we just eliminated the chance of ever getting you know sponsorship from the BJCP. Thank you very much. <laughs> Sorry, but but I, I hear what you're saying, and I and I agree with you on on many levels. Okay, there's still you know equipment and things like that. We got plenty of sponsorship <laughs> opportunities. Don't worry about it. So. <laughs> you're, you're you're right. You're right. And at some point, we're gonna we're gonna enter that realm and and explore exactly what that's gonna mean for for the show here. <laughs> So, all right. Uh, remember I, to I think subscribe. <laughs> remember to subscribe. <laughs> no, yeah. So, okay. So, competitions like them or love them, you know, they they are they can be a very um, informative and enjoyable uh, and and also frustrating part of your homebrewing experience. Agreed. Um, I'm going to say this one, and, and believe it or not, this one is not my favorite. And, 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 and I'm sure when I say my favorite, you're going to go, oh, yeah, see, that makes sense. But my, one of my favorite things about homebrewing is having homebrew in the house. <laughs> That's my next one, too. <laughs> <laughs> Drinking your own beer. Yeah. Which should be on every homebrewer's list without question. Why else would you be making your own beer <laughs> if you didn't enjoy drinking your own beer? Absolutely. <laughs> Not only is it cost effective, like, I mean, you, you, you have your time cost and everything, but really, come on, you're, you're, this is a hobby. We're supposed to be having fun with it. So, you know, throw that out. So to make five gallons of beer, which I don't even remember how many bottles that is. 52. Costs 52. Okay, so to make 52 bottles of beer, you're spending, what, about $30, $35 usually? Something like that, yeah. So, I mean, that's less than, and, and Mr. Accountant Man can probably give you a more exact figure, but it's definitely less than a dollar a beer. So not only is it cost effective, but as you get better at it, you know, you can experiment, you can make things that you can't buy in the store. And that is something that is, uh, I don't know, very uh, exciting for me. Here's another point about that. Let's say if you wanted to drink a beer that was out of season. Oh, yeah. Let's say you wanted to drink a West Coast IPA in January. You could do that. Let's say... You wanted to drink a um, autumn spiced amber ale in the month of March. You can do. You can do that. Yes, you yes, can. I'm thinking about it. I know you are. <laughs> yeah, and also, let's not forget about the, the point about experimentation. Um, 
there's ideas that you can have that you're not going to be able to walk to your local retail store and find a beer that's, you know, matching with that idea. But through an all grain recipe and um, knowledge, care and san- uh, through knowledge, care and sanitation, um, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just stumbled all over that, man. A little Jeez. bit. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, you can, you know, you can, you can't, like you, like I said, you can't think you could do things you can't buy in the store. And I think that's kind of where you're going too, is that, you know, you can experiment and you can try things like a pineapple, um, well, I was going to say pineapple stout, but you can buy that in the store. That's, that's in your fridge right now. Um, uh, the, <laughs> you know, you could do like a pineapple Saison. I don't know if you're going to be able to find that, but you know. It's uh, yeah. You can experiment and try things. So that's that's one of my, one of the things I like. Also, on that note, um, if you buy beer from a retail store, mm-hmm. you're bound to what's in a bottle and what's in a can. Um, there's a whole different experience, you know, walking to a keyser and just pulling off a tap handle and getting um, carbonated beer just poured right into a glass fresh like you just sat down at a uh, at a bar at a bar front um, yeah same thing with uh even if you don't have a keyser i mean george has a keyser i do not but i can put a picnic tap on a five gallon keg and you know have that same fresh fresh beer poured in, poured into a glass from there absolutely and you know the people have run multiple experiments uh comparing cans to bottles to draft and pretty much almost universally draft is is your best option oh it shouldn't even be close <laughs> so it's you know and and not everyone that does homebrew has that option off off the top because you know not everyone well i mean i know some people that have been homebrewing for years and still do bottles and probably will never do a keg but um if that's an option you select then yeah you can easily have your own you know keyser or wet bar inside your house or in your brew shed as in my situation and have a a ready supply of draft beer you know ready for you absolutely yeah so all right since i I stole one for is this your number one now no okay all right what do you got do you have another one before i go into this uh no go ahead all right So what we've talked about so far, participating in brew clubs, competing, the science of it all, experimenting, and drinking your own beer. Mm -hmm. Um, But number one, far and away, the best thing about making your own beer is the opportunity of sharing your product with friends and family. Ah, oh, dude, now you're going to make me... Nah, that's... See, this is not fair. We have super altruistic Jason saying, the best thing about homebrew is I get to share it oh, with people. Oh, really? Are you, my- gonna, are you going <laughs> to shit on me after I just... Oh, my... Yeah, no, because you're absolutely right. And, and, and it just makes me feel shitty for what I was going to say, but... <laughs> No, I mean, being able to share that and being able to have your friends and family, you know, see that, you know, reaction, that that immediate reaction they get when they when you made something that they really like, 
that is not something you can really trade for the world. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You, you just you, you stole my description right right there from me. Um, just being able to go to family events or uh, or friends friends parties with uh, you know a thirty two ounce growler of beer that you made last month or a six pack of uh, of a beer that you made last season um, to be able to to pour a beer with uh, uh, with a group of friends tell the story of the brew day talk about the flavors that you selected and you know what went into it um, just the atmosphere that those stories create is just awesome and I, I wouldn't I wouldn't trade that trade that for anything Um and it's never. And here's the other part. It's never weird. If you if you bring somebody, you know, your own homebrewed product, nobody's gonna look at you and be like, uh, what? What, <laughs> what, what, are, what are you doing? It's always warmly received. The stories always go over very well, and it's always appreciated. Yeah, always. I've never ever given given away bottles of of my own beer, you know, with anything but a. Wow, man, that was that was awesome, and I'm so glad I, I I heard about that. Now I, you know, know things about about beer that I didn't know before. And hell, you made it. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, no, that's. I definitely- love that. I love that. It's it's far and away my favorite part of of home brewing. It's not even close. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> No, I don't. Can we just skip to the end? I don't even want to say mine now. I was just. That's <laughs> why I said you should have gone first. <laughs> well, I, I can't. I can't leave this topic like in incomplete. So you no, gotta just spill. I it. know. I know. I know. All right. So, like I said, I'm a tinkerer. So, and this kind of is a little bit similar to what we said earlier. Uh, my favorite part other than sharing it with people, obviously, is uh, is making recipes and building, okay. building those recipes and experimenting and, you know, working inside Beersmith and, you know, and, 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 the, and, you know, it sounds tedious to some, but, you know, making that recipe again and developing it and seeing how it changes and how you can improve the, the result that that's my that's my favorite thing that didn't need to be skipped over that's, that's totally valid i mean to, to me to me I, I feel like that fits in with the science of it all and experimenting but i totally share that yeah. I mean, I do, the, the point about building recipes through beer smith i love it's yeah. awesome no yeah and yeah. seeing just how what just how how minimal things adjust beer recipes fairly significantly yeah, adding in, you know, just an extra percentage or two of a certain type of grain or a smoked grain or something like that can really affect yeah. how things develop and, and the end result that you get. I mean, hell, some of the BJCP styles are only different by a few percentages of some specialty grain, you know. So, Very true. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. There was no need to shy away from <laughs> yeah. that. Well, we already knew Jason was the altruistic <laughs> one of the group, so I'm okay with that. I'll own that. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> there you have it. There you have it. So, did you I'm get through to... your uh, your hop 
butcher or whatever it is no i have not so this is not going to be a two beer podcast so it's okay that's okay the, we're going to be doing this you know in in no more than a week's time so uh yes your uh your glass uh, or your um sorry, My snow, snow globe? globe your snow yeah. globe will be will be enjoyed <laughs> on the next recording sir <laughs> Yeah, once this gets carbonated, I'm going to send you another snow globe. Oh, please do. Yeah. Please do. So, oh, yeah. Man. I'm trying to think now if I had um, had some close calls that almost made the list. and Oh, some honorable you know, mentions? Yeah. And, uh, you know, shame on me. I, if I was more organized, I would have had this uh, list of honorable mentions, and I'm just working off the top of my head right now. Um. You know what? I'll throw this out too. Um, just the the brew day itself is a That's pretty true. good time. You if know, you really, I mean, unless it, the weather sucks, which you know <laughs> in Chicago land is half the year. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, just you know, being able to you know have a weekend day where you have several hours dedicated to um, you know watching the brew day start to finish, having a couple, having a buddy over. You know, you yeah. and I had some amazing times. You know, at brew days together. Oh, for sure. And unless things are going horribly wrong, it's actually kind of a zen experience. Like just agreed. Watching the whole process go through and and you know adding the hops in at the right time. It's yeah, it's, it has a yeah kind of a zen feel to it. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. I guess as an uh yeah as an honorable mention, I guess that would be that would be my one. Yeah, I think that's a good one. Yeah. Anything anything come to mind before we close up? Oh, no, not for me. Um, that's pretty much sums up. I mean, I'm sure there are other things, but nothing that I can think of off the top of my head. So, yeah. No. I, All right. Yeah. I think we painted this picture pretty well. I think so, too. Yeah. I mean, the important thing to remember is, you know, what we talked about is not the totality of homebrew. And if, you know, and I'd be interested to hear from our audience, if you, you know, made it this far, you're you're listening to us and you think they forgot X, let us know, you know, reach out to us and we'll, and it would be, I'd be really interested to hear what other people have to say or contribute to what's your favorite part of homebrewing. Come visit our social media pages and let us know. Facebook, a nice place, or Facebook, nice place to brew. Instagram at a nice place to brew. Mm-hmm. Um, or just tack on a uh, review on iTunes. Um, give us feedback there. That's that's totally fine too. Yeah, absolutely. So, agreed. And we we all have we all have our stories on this topic, and I think we painted this pretty uh, in a pretty complete way. Mm-hmm. But like you said, I, I would I would love to hear other homebrewers' takes on this as well. So this is, uh, you know, our is our second or third April recording. You know what? It's our second April recording, but I was just thinking about this right before we turned the mics on. This is our third recording over the last three weeks because we closed up March with a with a recording that week too. I think I technically have that one listed as week one April because it was so close to the end of March. So okay, yeah, okay. I think. Yeah, this is our second or third recording in April, and 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 this is something that we're we're tr- like I said experimenting with and trying to figure out if this would be good for us as a as a weekly or biweekly rather than a monthly kind of situation. And part of that is Jason and I are doing a collaborative 
cross country brew day <laughs> on Sunday. Uh, <laughs> yes, we are. And we are both making the same recipe simultaneously in, on two different systems in two different places. And we collaborated we, on the recipe. We absolutely did. Uh, is going to be an American pale ale with uh, some bready and piney kind of notes to it, which I think will be very interesting. And uh, is I think um, we're, we want to share that with you guys somehow. Uh, we're still trying to figure out what form that's going to take, if that's going to be a live podcast or if that's going to be something shared on uh, on YouTube or, or anything like that. But So we have a few days to figure that out. It's going to be on Sunday, and we're not exactly sure what form that's going to take, but you know, keep your, your ears open to social media, and we will share that as we figure that out. Bit of trial and error. A little bit. So it might be a disaster. But you know who likes doesn't who who doesn't like watching a train wreck? You know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, got the social media links. I think we got mm-hmm. the topic. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it is the time of this recording is the second uh, second week in April, and we got more to come, and uh, we and we look forward to it. All right, we raise a glass. Yep, absolutely. I got one here. It takes a lot of good beer. To make great beer. Cheers. Cheers.